You're listening to Hawk Talk, the official podcast of Monmouth University Athletics. Here are your hosts, Eddie Acapinti and Greg Viscomi. Another Hawk Talk coming at you, and thanks for joining us again. Eddie Acapinti, Greg Viscomi here with you. We will be welcoming in the Monmouth head softball coach, Shannon Salzberg, on this edition of Hawk Talk, but Greg, before that, how you doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, very excited. This is quickly becoming the best part of my week. So, uh, well, non-games, best part of my non-game week. But um, it's great. I'm doing well. Getting ready for some some home hoops this weekend and uh, crossover season, which we'll talk about a little bit later. I'm sure. Uh, good time to be a hawk. Home basketball this weekend, but but while we have the time now, this next few weeks is going to give us a, a great chance to kind of step out of the basketball conversation, uh, which, by the way, is still ongoing on MammothHawks.com and across all of our social media channels. But it'll allow us a chance to introduce some of the spring student-athletes and coaches to our listeners. And you mentioned crossover season. These spring sports starting, coming out as fast and furious. The softball team, which Shannon Salzberg is the head coach of, starts this weekend. Baseball starts next weekend. Lacrosse starts as early as this weekend. Uh, so it's a great time for us to be able to have you know these conversations because then after that, we are heavy talking basketball tournament time. We then return to the spring sports. But the next few weeks are going to be pretty fun. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. we got a ton of t- home games coming up here. And uh, it's a push for Atlantic City for the for our men's and women's basketball programs. They, you know, we were going over potential seating and you know playing all that scorecard bingo and who could win who and all that other kind of stuff um, yesterday. And and it, this is like I, I always joke around because you know like I work with football. I'm a close fo- like every single game of football counts in college football. You get eleven or twelve games, you got to win them. Uh, you know, basketball is a long season, 30 games, 29 games. Every single one of these games down the stretch is going to count for seeding purposes. You know, if you can get up to two, if you can, you know, you can you can drop off. You know, you want to be on that, you know, that upper top four in the MAC, top five in the MAC. So you can kind of get that by or, or play, you know, three games in a row, three days in a row instead of, you know, four games in five days or whatever it is. So. A uh, lot of fun, a lot of good basketball to be had. Starts this weekend, so uh, if you want to make sure you don't miss a minute of any of the action, uh, visit mammothhawks.com slash tickets. The men's basketball team is home Friday against Ryder at 7 p.m. The women's team is home Saturday against Manhattan at 2 p.m., uh, and then the men are back home on Tuesday. Uh, but spring sports taking center stage now we're going to talk to shannon salzberg we mentioned all of the great sports that are about to get started but we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about uh, quietly sneaky maybe the hottest team on campus right now and it's chris light's men's tennis team all they do is keep winning it's amazing it's it's unreal we kind of talked about what we wanted to uh cover on the podcast today and and we both kind of said can we we got to talk about Chris Light and and this men's tennis team and they don't get a ton of fairfield fairfield they don't get a ton of fanfare um they do when it comes down to the end when when they've won like four straight MAC championships or five straight MAC championships whatever it is but early on it's it's kind of like oh well it's tennis they play some of their games in the spring or fall and some of the you know the bulk of their games in the spring but they are uh, 5 and 0 this year 
They have won 15 consecutive regular season matches. That has to be a record. It has to be a record. Um, so they're crushing it there. And then, you know, I was just kind of flipping through box scores and looking. Uh, they beat a Drexel team, current and future CAA team for us, Drexel, that was 5-1. and one. We beat them 7-rock. Yes. 7-rock. Did not drop a point. No. Doubles point, check. 1-6. through six check it's it's unbelievable and this program has been strong for a lot of years through a lot of coaches you know we had alex kazaroff my guy bailey you know guys have come and gone chris light came in i don't know who hired him must have been a good hire someone knew what they were doing but Plus, he's taken it to the next level to which another is level what, it's what you yeah. want to see yeah he's doing a great job and he's an eagles fan which we love <laughs> well there's a, a strong track record of people coming from Wilkes and having success at Monmouth. <laughs> there you go. How about that? President Leahy, I, <laughs> I'm sure you are uh, you are tipping the hat to. Yeah. No, and, and I guess uh, they were at Wilkes together. They were. Which is which is funny. I know I've, I've been involved in some conversations where uh, the president had mentioned that him and, and Chris were at Wilkes. Together. Not a package deal. I think it'd be rare, but it's definitely uh, quite the coincidence and one that, um, like you mentioned, you know, Chris, like, you know, he came in and it, I think this men's tennis program, because they had dealt with so many different head coaches and because of the nature of tennis, right? It's, it's like swimming. It's like track. It's a, it's golf. It's a team sport that is played individually, but they've really developed because of the great work of the student athletes and, and who have played through multiple head coaches and competed through multiple head coaches. They've quite the culture on that team. It's one of the most diverse teams as far as where the student athletes are from. We're going to have a great time, you know, following them throughout the spring. So, uh, if you're driving on, what is that, Hollywood Avenue, right? You you can't miss their beautiful tennis facility behind the dorms here. Um, so, yeah, they've had quite the start to the season. And, by the way, the non-league success now following what's been a really long MAC run of success for that team. And, like you said, defeating a future CAA opponent in Drexel, um, always a really good thing. Um, you know, this episode of Hawk Talk, Greg, we're going to catch up with the head softball coach at Monmouth, Shannon Salzburg the challenges that softball and baseball and men's and women's lacrosse have here in the early part of their non-conference is something that you'll hear a lot over the next few weeks because of, you know, uh, just the weather in the Northeast facilities, sometimes space is limited because there's two sports that compete in the ocean first bank center right now that are, that are busy. And if you add track and field, it's even more so. And they had a track meet last weekend, but you know, you're going to hear some themes discussed, but I think the biggest one is, that these spring sports, these spring student athletes, the great experiences they'll get in the non-league and then get ready to come back to New Jersey and compete in MAC play, getting ready for next year in the CAA, but having to do so against really difficult non-conference schedules. Yeah, definitely. And and it's tough on the spring sports. You know, I think the men's and women's lacrosse uh, teams are a little different because they, they go outside, they'll tough it out, but there's just there's just no way for softball and baseball to do that. Um, so they have to get a lot of that work like indoors and, and we drop the cages and how do you really field and, and all that other kind of stuff. And so coach Salzberg will, you know, she, she talks about that a little bit in our conversation with her, um, about the challenges and how you can then go out and turn around and play. But I do not want to, uh, to, to miss out on 
giving a good luck and, and keep an eye out on our men's and women's track and field, indoor track and field programs. They are heading out to the their final MAC indoor uh, championship this weekend. And as always, uh, that program expects nothing less than bringing home two, t- two team titles. Um, so I'm pretty impressed with that as well. Yeah, and you had the men's and women's swimming programs have a great three or four. Right. Great weekend in Buffalo last weekend. The fact that they finished where they did, not having, like we talked about with Callum Smith, not having a diving program. So they're literally going into this championship with yeah. one arm tied behind their back. Yeah. And to have the results they did, you mentioned the major award winners. Yeah, three of four major award swimming winners came from Monmouth University. It's awesome. And it just tells you that, you know, Coach Nunnally and his staff and what they're doing, identifying and helping develop talent. When you when Callan was on Hawk Talk, you heard him talk about, you know, the, the culture that they've built as well. So great results out in Buffalo for the challenges that team faces from a numbers standpoint and a team standpoint. Like you mentioned, the track team, good luck this coming weekend. Swimming program last weekend. Job well done. You should really be proud of what you did. Yeah, definitely. And that's become a program that we're, we're, we're excited to cover and excited to talk about that. That's what all of our programs really are, but really they, they are, um, what a great job. I was really pumped to see it. They had three or four, three or four major award winners and there were mammoth records broken and, um, golds being thrown out all over Twitter. Follow mammoth Hawks on Twitter. You gotta, you gotta be able to, that's where you're going to get the best, your, the most up to date, quickest, best information is, is on the, on the Twitter machine. As my friend says, like Greg said, it's at Mammoth Hawks on Twitter, on Instagram, which it just, it's great. The photos that our team's able to turn out, and, and it's just really great. It's at MU Hawks on Instagram. And then obviously, uh, you can watch this weekend the men's and women's basketball teams in the Ocean First Bank Center. You can watch us on ESPN, but you know what? You're better served getting out there and checking out the games in person. MammothHawks.com slash tickets for all of your ticketing needs. But Greg and I had a great sit-down with the head softball coach at Monmouth University, Shannon Salzberg, getting ready to start their season this weekend. We caught up with Coach, talked about the upcoming season, the program she's built, and a whole lot more right here on Hawk Talk. Work and make your head stand up like Iman Shumper. Cali boy, but I'm dodging the New York undercover. We push bubba, clean crystal and stretch rubber. Well, batting leadoff here for our set of spring coach Hawk Talk podcasts. Puns. That's right. I'm coming out swinging. There's another one. That's two. See how many I can work in here. Uh, joining Greg and I, always just a great conversation for us, whether there's a microphone in front of us or not. But we're so happy to welcome in Mama Softball head coach Shannon Salzberg to the Hawk Talk podcast. And coach, how you doing today? I'm doing awesome, man. We are 24 hours from hopping on a plane and headed to Florida to play. Can't wait. Oh, uh, you can hear the excitement in Coach's voice. I'm sure you're ready to a get outside. Oh, amen. And play and yeah. and b get just get back to competition, right? Oh man, we can't wait. We have snuck out on a couple of our fields a, a couple of uh, times last week, and that was really nice. The girls like the fresh air, but. We can't play. wait to play someone else. I mean, it, you get as far as you can in the cages and indoors, and, and then it's just time to see somebody else in a different uniform. How, how difficult is that for you for you as a team? You're at a, a marked disadvantage being in the Northeast, um, again, when you go down and play some of these teams in the South because they're practicing outside. It's not the same. 
there's no way you can mimic getting out on a field, grounding, you know, fielding ground balls, all that kind of stuff, like you can inside. So, so it, does it take a couple games to kind of get in the swing? Yeah, you know, it does. Um, I mean, I've done it a long time. I mean, I've been part of the Northern crew for everything but Arkansas, right? So it does take a second, but, you know, you, you figure out what's important. So we're going to hit a lot, we're going to pitch a lot, and then we'll figure out the defense as we go. I mean, even if you're indoor on turf, you're still not on dirt. We're not on our game surface. So, you know, they should be really good at defense. Um, you know, I watched some games last weekend, and nerves are nerves. It doesn't matter what surface you're on. So we're going to tell our kids, get out there, attack it, and let's see what the heck happens. How much of that early season kind of evaluation period, right, that'll take place in Florida and South Carolina and back to Florida and – I know you go into a season with certain expectations, maybe for roles of certain student athletes, but how much of then that first, let's say 20 games or, or 15 games kind of play out in your mind? And like you said, you're no stranger to the Northeast softball scene, but how important is that first few, you know, those first few trips to just see how your student athletes will react to different adversity, like you mentioned? Yeah. I mean, it's so, it's so important. We just did role meetings. I, I told the girls, this is where we see you right this second. But I don't know what my lineup's going to be on game two, three, four, or five. I mean, it's going to be dictated by how we look and what we do. And, and we're also going to ch getting a chance to scout our opponents, you know, in person. You know, we're, we're not watching them from a, a bird's eye camera somewhere. So, you know, it's, it's, we talk a lot about your role is not final nor fatal. It's up to you, though, to fight for it. Um, so, you know, we use these few games to figure out, okay, we are good at that or, oh, Oh Lord, like we need to be better um, and, and then make adjustments. And I think that's what our staff does so well. And that's what excites me is we're really about the process. And, and, you know, when we fall on our face, I can promise you, we won't keep doing that. You guys are picked third in the Mac preseason poll. Uh, you've been first or second uh, going on like seven years straight here. Uh, how important is it to leave this league with another title? Yeah, it's, it's important. I haven't had a chance to see my team yet. Um, I wasn't sure what they would do. I get it. We graduated some big dogs like Alyssa Irons. I get it. I know what I'm practicing with, though, and I'm going to tell you right now, I didn't pick us third. I picked us first, and there's a reason. Um, you know, we averaged five losses a year. Last year was a huge year, um, you know, where we played almost 40 games in, in conference, and we barely lost. So it's cool, um, but we are not we're not rebuilding. We're reloaded, and we're ready, and, and – uh, I like a chip on my shoulder. I like my kids with a chip on their shoulders. So, uh, you know, it's just fuel to the fire. Um, you know, we, as we've talked about what our goals are, our goals are the same. Get to regionals, win games, period. So much of what we've seen you do here at Monmouth has been just foundationally laying a, a, just a winning culture. And it was something before you got to Monmouth the softball program didn't have and didn't see. I don't want to go too far back and go too big picture, but how, how, right? How do you go about laying a culture? Don't give away all the secrets, but to now have it where see your student athletes smiling, having fun, winning, competing, playing hard. I mean, it happened literally overnight when you got here, but then that process that I know is still ongoing, right? Mm -hmm. Nothing's a finished product, mm -hmm. but, but what was the plan for it and how were you able to do it so successfully so early? Well, I'll tell you, um, having been a bunch of places, I know first and foremost, you have to get a feel of what the community is. Um, you can have the greatest softball player in the world and, and bring somebody into the wrong university and it's not going to work. So they have to feel good about it. I think the the thing that we've done pretty well here, I would say, is is it's the relationship piece. You know, it's about the people um, and it's about our kids. And 
you know, we really get to know them so that they know on the field, off the field, regardless, we care. And when a kid starts to really trust you, you just, you know, you have that little moment. Sometimes it's a throwaway moment after practice or you're talking to them about their classes. And the next thing you know, you're like, you know what, we've got them now. Like now they trust us. And once they trust us, we take off. And so that's really been something that, quite frankly, I was horrible at at Bowling Green. I mean, I'll be honest, I, I had good years, I had bad years. And when I evaluated, I knew when I came here, it was going to be different. And, you know, I think the product kind of shows that. I think if you ask our kids, they're going to say they care about us as people. And everything else works out. And it has, so far at least. Uh, that, that That's an amazing point you bring up, that you didn't think you did it well at your previous institution and that you kind of learned from it and came here. I think, you know, Greg and I talked to student athletes and coaches and administrators and so much I think of what they do is a, in their mind, a finished product all the time. It doesn't sound like that's the case with your softball program and with you as a coach. Yeah, no, I mean, we're, we're continuously looking at ourselves and, you know, I've been fortunate to have Marissa with me now on, on staff for six years and she's been a huge piece to that. You know, having been a head coach herself, she understands the demand. She understands what we're trying to do. And each year we get a little bit better at it. Um, but, you know, we can't ask our kids to evaluate if we don't. And and we'll be really honest with our kids. There are days that I look at them and say, you know what? That's on me, man. You weren't ready. We didn't have you ready to go. Or I didn't understand what we were doing here, but we'll fix it. And we do. You bring up Marissa and she, you know, recently just got promoted to the title of associate head coach. And I think one of the things at Monmouth that across the board is is our best teams have longtime assistance. There's stability in that. And that's not something that I think you can find a lot in, in mid-major athletics. I mean, a lot of times a, a spot similar to a Monmouth is, is a stepping ground, right? You get here, you work, you have some success, and then you go. For head coaches and assistants, but really for assistants, how important has she been what led to the decision to, to name her as associate head coach and kind of what makes her special? Well, gosh, I mean, that was one of the easiest decisions I've made. Um, you know, we had started talking about that a while back. And so, you know, I went to Jeff and just said, hey, Jeff, listen, I've got someone here who's been a huge difference maker for way too long. Um, we have to recognize this. And, and he said, yeah, no brainer. And then we just went through the process. Marissa does everything from she was here right after our kids were done with lift to throw for an hour outside of practice to she just finished our scouts to, you know, hey, is the itinerary right? Let me check your itinerary 12 times. You know, I mean, she's just she's so meticulous. And and, you know, what she does for us and for myself as the head coach is she gives me balance. Um, you know, she's really good at the things that I'm not not and vice versa. You know, we joke all the time that when she first got here, she had to follow her practice plan. And the first day I told her, hey, we've got to adjust, which probably was day one, quite frankly, because that happens all the time. She looked at me like I had three heads, you know. <laughs> and so now, you know, there there was a day this this spring where she's like, did you see that? I said, yeah, that was nice. Well done. You know, where she just adjusted and she was ready for it. She anticipated Um you know, it's like everything. It's like a great marriage, right? Um, you know, she brings the best out of me and vice versa. And then I think what we can give to our kids is is just an amazing thing, you know? So we're all in it together, man. And they know that. Everyone knows that. But we wouldn't be where we are if Marissa didn't come on board. Were In your time as an assistant, were you able to kind of have a similar experience and, and learn. I know you, you, you coach at some, you know, amazing institutions, but did you notice that in your own time and development as a coach and kind of want that for who would work for you? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, one of the things that I loved, I had some great P1 
people that I worked under. I mean, I, when I was at Arkansas, I was under a lady by the name of Carrie Deaver Boaz. She was a four time all American at Fresno state when they won national titles. I mean, it was, it was back in the nineties and you know what, one of the things I loved about her is, is she was okay. If you disagreed, she challenged you to challenge her. And, you know, I'm 24, I'm a hitting coach in the sec. I mean, I, I'm, I think I'm a big dog at that point. Right. And, <laughs> and I've got this coach who's willing to listen to me. Right. And there was no reason she had to, you know, I went to Kent state and, and, you know, we helped, you know, the kids go back to regionals for the first time in 20 years. And I got to be the hitting coach there. And same thing, Karen Linder, who's one of the winniest coaches ever there. She, she would ask all the time, well, what do you think? And, you're like, oh my God, like she actually, she actually wants to know, like, that's awesome. Because at the end of the day, the ego was checked at the door. It was about how can we get the most out of our kids and how can we give them the best experience? And so absolutely, I bring that with me. Um, I, I was fortunate to have great mentors. Um, and like I said, we're still evolving, but I, I think that's part of the reason that we are who we are is, is all those who gave those things to me and, you know, now we can pay it forward. Well, Shifting gears a little bit to recruiting, um, I think you're in, a, in a, a unique experience or a unique position in the sport of softball because it's it's a national recruiting footprint. But as you scroll through the roster, there's a lot of New Jersey kids on that roster. So what is the balance you guys are looking for when, when you're recruiting? I mean, we've had players from California, obviously, Minnesota, Illinois, but... 50% of your roster right now, maybe a little under that is, is Jersey. So just t talk about like how you recruit, um, how difficult it is to recruit, you know, countrywide. I mean, we're not foolish enough to think that somebody who's in Carlsbad, California knows anything about Monmouth university or has have even heard of Monmouth university outside of obviously the success we've had going to regionals and stuff like that. Sure. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, it wasn't that long ago that Monmouth wasn't even thought about for New Jersey kids. Um, you know, when I first got here, I remember I got a phone call from one of the big time local travel ball teams and the guy said, you know, I'm so-and-so, if you have any interest in recruiting New Jersey, give me a call. So I called him back. He goes, I can't believe you called me back. So well, what do you mean? I'm in New Jersey, man. Like I want the best of the best from here. And, and so as, as we've gone through and as we've shared our vision of who we want to be, like we have visions of going to regionals and winning games. It's never been done, but we had also never gone to regionals not too long ago. Um, and then, you know, our second time there, man, we gave LSU everything they wanted. Law Tech, we should have won, you know. And so we're, we're telling kids that. We're, we're giving them our story and saying, we want you to be a part of putting us on the map. People know who we are now, and that's fun. But we want to take that next step. We want to be that mid-major that's being ranked in all the mid-major things, all those fun things, you know, to continue to increase, you know, our, our, our status nationally. And, you know, these kids believe in it. I mean, what's fun is – we were talking yesterday and, and we were kind of giving our spiel about this is how travel happens because coming off COVID, most of my kids haven't really traveled. So now all of a sudden we're hopping on a flight and oh my gosh, how do I pack? And I mean, we spend an hour walking them through this so that we aren't freaked out about that because we have another job to do, right? And, um, you know, afterwards I said to Mars, I said, or to Marissa, I said, you know, Marissa, like these kids are here to play for us, man. This is awesome. And you can just see it and they believe it. And then they pass it along. You know, we just had a commit not too long ago. And I said, hey, guys, guess what? She committed. And they're like, oh, yeah, coach, we know. Like, we told her about us. Like, we, we knew she was coming. But they believe in the story. Like, they want to be part of it. These kids are here to do those things. And, you know, if, if we don't do anything more than give them the belief that they can do something bigger than what anyone ever thought of this program, then I think we're doing our job, man. 
And to do that while winning, while doing this amazing job that you've been able to do. And, and we've had student athletes from your team, you know, work with us and, and be, be able to get to know them and to see that it's not just softball they take seriously, right? It's everything. It, it's the experience here at Monmouth. When you seek out a student athlete, whether it's in high school, a grad transfer, however you bring someone here, what are the those things? What are those factors that you look for? We know you want great softball players, but what are those intangibles that are hard to evaluate that you try to evaluate and bringing someone in? Yeah, I mean, we, we really try to get in there and we pay attention to the person, right? How they're treating their parents, you know? it's It seems so silly, but we always tell recruits when I give a recruiting spiel, I'll be like, if you chuck your bag at your parents, you're off my list faster than I, I can blink and get my pen out, you know? Um, you know, it, it's just, you know, and then they, when kids come to campus, what are the questions they're asking? And again, our kids are part of that recruiting process. So, you know, I, I have recruits all the time say, wow, I've never spent time with a team. Well, why not? Like, that's your next family. You know, so like we're an open book. You're going to like us. You're going to, if you, if you don't go find your warm fuzzy, I always say we, we want to be the warm fuzzy where everyone wants to be a hawk so bad. So we ask a lot of questions. Our kids ask questions. They get an opportunity to really talk so that hopefully we can avoid any red flag of something that's going to be someone that doesn't fit in our program. Cause you can be the greatest player in the world. And if you're not going to fit, it's not going to work. And I've done this long enough that I'm going 24 years. I can't believe it. Right. So 24 years, you start to realize, you know, remember that kid that we had three red flags and we ignored it because she could hit the ball. Yeah, that didn't work. Right. Right. And now with that, tra tra the transfer portal, I mean, it's so much easier for kids to be in and out right. that, you know, we're, we're really trying to hold on to our kids. We want four year kids that want to be here, want to be part of the process, are part of the brick to that next step. You know, so I, I, I really do think because we're so open and we get in there and, you know, I tell them, ask every question because it's the one you don't ask. There's going to be a problem in a year or two when you're here, you know, so if you don't like the answer, cool, go somewhere else, man. It's okay. And then I usually end with, but we will beat you. <laughs> <laughs> how much say, and I know this is a practice that all of our coaches do, but how much do you sit down with uh, your current team after the recruits have gone for their visit and say, well, What'd you think about this player? Did, did you like her personally? Did do you think she'd be a good fit? Is is that a, a long conversation with your current athletes? Yeah, you know, back in the day it was. Now I get a text as soon as they leave them. Coach, we really like her. <laughs> or hey, man, that dad's a handful. Heads up, you know, or, or something like that. But the kids are again, they're invested, right? They're part of it, and and that's how I know like we're we're starting to get to the right spot because they if they're that invested on a kid that they may or not play with, right? We're we're recruiting two years out. So there's half my team that's not even going to play with them, but they're still part of the process. I'm not saying only freshmen and sophomores are walking this kid around. Um, and, you know, I do. I get it right away. And every once in a while there's a red flag. We're usually pretty good about who we end up getting here, but sometimes we can be, you know, uh, we can miss the signs. And, and the kids get that because they let down their guard and they get a little bit more real self. And, I mean, I hear from them immediately. There, there's no need anymore for those team meetings. And I love it, man. Yeah. This is their program. This is their family. Right. And yeah. at that point, now we're ready to go to war. Now we're ready to go to battle. Yeah. It's so interesting that, you know, as we've seen the evolution kind of of the recruiting process from our vantage point, right, as administrators. And, and you know, I get to cover games, so I get to talk to coaches, but that that's become so important to it. And when you see, did it happen for you? Was it a class, a moment, a game here at Monmouth when you saw the student athletes take that ownership of the program? Is that when you kind of knew, like, yeah, what we're doing is kind of sinking in here? Yeah, I'll tell you, it was 2018. I can tell you that moment. Uh, 2018, we, we were on our preseason, 
And uh, Amanda Riley was throwing for us. She she uh, had just set like a strikeout record, all those fun things. And we were in California, and it was up and down. I mean, we played great one game, and the next game, I mean, we looked like we'd never seen a softball. And I can remember Marissa said, I thought we were going to be good this year. I said, I know, man. We just got we, we just got to help them get over the hump. And, you know, we had this tough Sunday morning, and afterwards we had a really great conversation about why do we play the games that we do, and what do we need to do, and Amanda stood up and started to be the leader that we were missing. And she was the kid that would say whatever needed to be said. She didn't have to say it in a mean tone. She just simply was matter of fact. And she was the beginning of showing how we can lead as peers in a way that it's not confrontational, but it's factual. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. We came back home and we barely lost. I think that was the year we had like an 11 game win streak. We did all these crazy things, right? Um, and that was really the turning point because that was the first time the kids took ownership. Before that, it was always me. I always had to be the voice. And why? I'm glad to be the voice. Lord knows I probably talk way more than my kids want. Um, you know, if it's, if it's not coming from them at some point, it's, it's going to fall on deaf ears at some point. You know, and, and that was the moment. And that was the beginning. That team goes 19-1. and one. That team is the first Mammoth softball team to break through since the 90s and get to a regional when you look back at it, winning the regional or, or winning to get to a regional 18 and in 19, and you, you think back to that Amanda Riley moment, uh, when you tell the history of Monmouth softball, right, under Shannon Salzburg, is that the one that you're telling people first? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that, that first of all, that was a fun team, man. We had kids like Alex Holzman, who's walking out to literally the MAC final at, at our, um, the, the tournament at, at our field with a toaster because she was in the training room and didn't have time to toast her bagels. So we're waiting to hop in the cages, <laughs> right? Fairfield's looking over and my starting catcher is toasting her bagel, right? Before she hops in a cage, you know, and at that point, I think that's when the Mac decided we were, we've lost our minds, which they're probably right. But, you know, it, it was, but they got to be themselves and it, it really turned a page of like, this is who we are. We're going to do us, you know, and, and we've got now people who are willing to lead and say what needs to be said. But, you know, it was, uh, that was a huge team for us, man. That was, that was the beginning of it. No doubt about it. You, you touched on it a little bit. Um, the transfer portal is so big now. What is your approach to that? I, I, there's no, I don't think a coach in mid-major anywhere that is going to ignore it totally, but it, there's a lot of issues that it could. It could come in and disrupt your functionality. So there's high risk versus high reward. What What is your personal philosophy towards dipping a toe into the transfer portal. Yeah. So we've got like one foot in, um, not a toe. Uh, no, I, I like the transfer portal and I'll tell you a couple of reasons. Um, first is I think because in softball in particular, up until just recently, when we slowed down the process, we were crazy and we were committing eighth and ninth graders and it makes zero sense. You know, I mean, I have a nine year old who's not that far from that. And like to think that she's trying to decide if she's going to Duke or Monmouth, like that's idiotic. Right. So, you know, we, we do like it. Um, one of the things, though, I've found, um, one, a transfer gives a new perspective. So they've seen something different. So you get here, and we have a very different culture than a lot, and we're proud of that. And they get here, and they realize I get to be myself. I get to do this and that. Sometimes they are able to give perspective to our kids who have been here for three years. And, you know, just like mom, sometimes I roll my eyes because it's mom talking again, right? I get it. So there's that aspect. I think also one of the things that we really are um, – cognizant of is we've got to know someone who knows that kid. Um, so every transfer we've brought in, it's either been, for instance, we've got Stavi here this year. She's going to be a huge part of our offense. 
Kayla Rosado played with her during her fifth year at Coastal. I knew who Stavi was before Stavi got here, right? And she's been nothing but advertised. Um, you did, know, did Kayla help kind of steer her here? Yeah, Kayla, not said, in an illegal yeah, way, but no, not I mean, illegal. Yeah, no, 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 Kayla. I mean, once I, 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 I said to Kayla, I said, "Hey, some of your former teammates are in, you know, the transfer portal." She, she started running through the list of like who to look at. Here's what she is, and she got to Stavi. She said, "Coach, you're gonna like her." She's not wrong. She's not wrong, you know, or we have, yeah, or we have like Fran Taraka who, when I was at Bowling Green, I had um, a hitting coaches player at Bowling Green. Okay. So this, this guy's a big hitting coach in Columbus. She happens, she's from New Jersey, but she happens to go and work with him. She leaves Washington. He calls me, says, I've got this kid. She wants to come home. And I just think you're a good fit. I said, cool, let's talk. I mean, but now there's a connection. Now there's an idea of who they are. Right. Um, and I mean, yeah, they're young adults and they're trying to figure that out too. So there could be different pieces, but overall it gives us a good idea of, of who we're bringing in, you know? And there's been a couple of kids where I was all gung ho because of the stats. And I talked to him and said, I'm good. Thank you so much. Good luck to you. Right. And there's two actually we're going to face this spring and that's okay. You know, they were not good fits for us and I am positive of it. That that's just the, the that is the smartest way to go about it. I think that if you talk to all of it, we've talked to Coach Rice on his show. We talked to Coach Callahan, and, and we bring up the transfer portal because it's like you know a number one conversation. But they all say the same message: has to be a good fit first. I don't care how many touchdowns you score. I don't care how many three pointers you make. I don't care how many home runs you jack. If you're not going to fit the culture of Monmouth University. Then, you, then it's just not the risk isn't worth the reward. The juice isn't worth the squeeze, as they say. Yeah, and I think it's important, though, for the listeners to to hear that because I think for for them, right? if you watch the games on ESPN or you listen to things like this podcast, I think they miss that element. They think it's very transactional, right? It's very, right. oh, you're missing this, this person fits this. And unless you're involved, I mean, we work in the same building as coach. And she's having the conversation with these student athletes that we don't have. Unless you're doing that, you're never going to know how someone truly fits. And it's why this team, right, Coach, is as successful as it is. And now is, you know, almost a, a player's program with the ownership that they're taking into it. So let's talk ab about this year's edition of the Hawks. You sat down, said how excited you were about this group. You mentioned a few of the impact players that you expect to come in. A ton of talent comes back. You know, I know there's a lot to be determined between now and when conference play starts, but what about this year's group of Hawks excites you the most? Yeah, I'll tell you. The The first thing is we have a full staff uh, through through our successful years. We've had a one and two, and and we've usually, you know, kind of run the arm off of our one. And we have we have three kids right now that at any point we're going to hand a ball uh, during our first five games and and be uh, feel very good about it. So, and and. That's been one of the things that it's hard to do in a mid-major. It's hard to have a true staff. And we've got three starters, and that's exciting. Um, it, it's not something you see a lot. Um, and they, they're kids who are really bought into the team, and they're bought into who we are and, and came for all the same reasons we've already talked about. Um, and, you know, it, it's been a lot of fun. It's also fun to watch them battle our offense because I think we're the most versatile. You're going to actually see us run and not go base to base. We're not going to have to double you to death. Um, you know, we've got some power. I mean, it's, it's been awesome watching our live cage workouts. I mean, you've got pitchers who just want to throw it down somebody's throat, which I love get us off the plate. Right. And at the, so I'm like, yes, great pitch. Hey, what hit the ball? Like I'm going back and forth and I'm like, I got to show love to everybody, you know? Um, but it's, it's been, it's been exciting to see. And I don't just mean the nine that I think are going to be my starters on Friday. I mean, we've got depth, man, in a way that we've never had. 
and it's exciting. It, it gets me fired up. I, I can't wait to see it out there and just kind of see who we're going to be against some really good talent this weekend, quite frankly. Yeah, you have that trip down in Florida playing some some big-time teams that, like we talked about, have been playing, I'm sure, uh, including Bethune-Cookman, North Carolina, Stetson, Florida Atlantic, Butler. Uh, who Do you have any – give me a name of a young player that, that maybe Hawk fans or two – you never want to put a coach on, 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 you know, on the hot seat because then they get, well, why didn't coach talk about me? Blah, blah, blah. But, <laughs> but just to give a little preview, like who's, who's maybe somebody, I mean, it is a, a big turnover in your roster. Yep. Who's somebody that, that when they come and, and watch or online on flow softball this weekend, get used to that. Um, <laughs> get used to flow softball. Uh, when they watch, who are a couple names that, that, Hawk fans should really kind of look out for. Yeah, so look out for our the the two youngsters on our pitching staff. So we've got Emily Spencer and Billy Kerward. Uh, I don't want to say a whole lot and tell everybody what they throw, but uh, <laughs> but they can throw it, man. And and uh, they they throw it hard and they hit their spots and they've got a couple fun pitches that I can't wait to unleash on some folks, you know. And and then um, Eve Serrato is is kind of going to be our second baseman, so taking over for D'Angie. Right, lost a good glove there. Um, lost a great MDN worker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Loved having the yeah, on the crew. Your people, your people. Always wearing eagle stuff. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, um, you know, it's it's one of those places. So Eve is super athletic. Um, think Lindsay Barron at second base. Um, you know, she she came in. She had a little wrist injury, so she had fall kind of on and off, on and off, and. It's been nice to get her back to spring. Um, looking forward to just seeing her out there. Covers a ton of ground. You know, our pitchers are going to pitch the contact. We've we've been preaching it to it. We're going to be a staff. We're going to pitch the contact. Strikeouts are going to come, but that's not where we're going after. Um, we are going to have a great defense out there behind. Uh, give us a couple games on that dirt, and you watch out. How, how do you prepare for – sorry, I didn't mean to jump in here. But ahead, how, how do you prepare to, to face – first of all, so first – weekend of, of the year and now you got to line up against five different teams like is it almost and i don't want to trivialize coaching but is it almost like all right let's just get out of there and play our game because we're not going to be able to do a ton of scouting and we're not going to know a ton of what these teams do coming in is is that how you kind of go about it so remember when you asked me the question about marissa well this is where she earns her cash right here <laughs> uh, she's been watching games from last year and quite frankly beth and cookman didn't play last year so from two years ago um, she finds kids recruiting video. She finds everything you can possibly find. She's been watching since December. You know, I always joke with her, when are you starting? When are you starting? Because we do play, we're so unique. We play five different opponents in a weekend. Like that's a lot of scouting, it's man. It's, it's crazy, right? We're nuts. Um, but so, you know, she starts super early with all of that. And then everyone we're playing has played. So everyone started last weekend, which was the first weekend out. Our school, we come back late. That's the only reason we don't. I also don't really like to have a weekend off. Once we get rolling, let's keep it. Mo let's keep the momentum, right? So you know, um, we battle that a little bit, but we, we have watched some flow softball. There you go, a little shout out. Um, and you know, we've we get scouts and we get you know different information from people that we know, and you know, we get an opportunity to watch some of those folks when we get down there. Um, Marissa does all the all the like detailed things. She's going to tell you what the pitcher throws. She's going to tell you, you know, what the batters do. I mean, she studies the game like no other. That's why she's amazing. I watch big picture. I want to know the feel of like what do I think that that head coach is trying to do. 
Do they think they want to be small game? Do they want to push it on the basis? I want to know that our kids are going to be ready game day, which means I've got to be ready. So we have that balance of what we focus in on. And sometimes she'll tell me something. I'll be like, yeah, but that's only if X, Y, and Z, because this is what she's trying to do, you know? Um, so it's, it's, it's a good balance. So we know a heck of a lot more than you would think because Marissa will find, she says all the time, if it's out there, I'll find it. And she will, man. She will. She showed me a, she showed me a recruit video from like two years ago. I said, Mar, I think she's changed a little, man. She no, no, no. Swings a swing. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It all kind of points towards April 2nd. Right, and and it seems like forever between now and April second, by the way. But that's when Mac play starts for this year. But like Greg just kind of mentioned a little bit, and we had you on our um, our CAA ESPN show to talk about what the future is, not just for this program, but for this department. Um, but like Greg mentioned earlier, is there talk amongst the team about you know leaving a mark on the Mac in the Mac in this last year? I know you know it's day by day, and I know that it's opponent by opponent. But as we're kind of in this transitional time now, you know specifically when it comes to softball, how your team program and and really how your opinion is of it, you know of everything moving forward. Yeah, well, I, I'll tell you, I, last year didn't end how we wanted it to. And you want to talk about a fire stoked? Like, I've been ready to play since, like, the day after we finished. Um, I was just ready to get the kids here, you know. And, you know, we talk every year is a different year, right? It's a new team. It's a new squad. We turn kids over. It, it, that's that's part of the process. But our expectations are is that the MAC and the MAC tournament are simply a stepping stone to where we're headed, right? It's not the end goal. So our expectation is to get back to what we do, which is win the conference, win the tournament, and go back to regionals. Um, so that's what we've been talking about, um, and that's it. I haven't been to practice yet. To, you know, I'm sure the kids saw that we're picked third. You know, when we were, I used to tell them all the time, you're picked first, it's respecting the team from last year, not this year, quite frankly, right? So third, I mean, they don't know. We graduated a ton. I get that. Now, don't think we won't use it at some point. Absolutely. <laughs> right. But chalkboard, yeah, bulletin board material. Absolutely. But, you know, it's always about us. And and so they can't know what we have. I know what we have and I'm fired up and, and we're excited about that. So our expectations are to do exactly what we expect to do this year. Um, get back to regionals. Moving forward, then we get really excited about the CAA. It's an awesome, awesome softball conference. Um, it's, it's a conference that people talk about. It's at large bids. It's things that you, you really don't talk about here in the Mac. And, you know, through the time I had a gentleman last week ask me, so are you going to change a lot with your schedule? No. Have you seen my preseason schedule? Like it's been set up to move from the Mac for four years. Mm -hmm. We play like the opening weekend here. We're playing in a top 150 RPI tournament. That's why those guys are there. That's why we're there. Right. And so it's it's we we've really challenged ourselves. And that's why when we get back and we're in New Jersey in five, six weeks, things start to feel a little bit easier because we have been challenged from day one. You know, so the ups and downs of preseason create what we expect, which is we're ready to roll when it matters the most. You know, and the, the old analogy, right, it's a marathon, not a sprint. I know all of us coaches like that one, but it's true. You know, I told the girls, we're going to come out. We're not going to be perfect today. We're not going to be perfect in May. But by May, we're going to be better at adjusting the moment it doesn't go our way. Let's step away from the team and, and focus on yourself. Oh. Uh, you come here, a lot of great success here, obviously. The team is a, expected perennially now in the MAC to, to compete for a championship. Talked about the regionals. What 
what was it about Monmouth? And I know we've talked about this before, but not on this podcast that got you here. And now obviously you have your family here, you have a house here. What keeps you here? Yeah, that's a great question. So, um, one of one of my friends uh, from back in the day, when this job came open, said she called me and said, "Shannon, you want to work for Dr. Marilyn McNeil?" I'm telling you right now. I said, "Okay, like who is this?" And I started looking her up, and I was like, "Oh, okay, like that's an awesome woman. Like she's strong, she's powerful. She she's had great success in her athletic department. You know, both with the kids on and off the field." And she told me more about her, and and she happened to actually be at a conference. She was also an AD and was at a conference with Marilyn and said. I've got your next softball coach. And, and I had just literally given birth to Brooks. I kid you not. I was in the hospital. And, you know, um, so that was, that was how I first even heard about it. And so we started looking and, um, you know, at the time my wife said, I'm not moving to New Jersey. Well, here we are seven years later. <laughs> that worked out and, and very, very happy. But, you know, once we got here and saw, uh, you know, first and foremost, right, everybody talks about it. I've listened to other podcasts. It's the people, 100%. It always is. And, you know, once we got here and saw the vision and, and where this place is going and, and the opportunities, um, it, it was kind of a no-brainer. Now, as you fast forward, and we have this opportunity now to do other things, you know, it's, it's exciting to be here because of all those things, right? So we're, we're in seven years, and we're still not where we want to be. And the challenge of that keeps us going daily. Couple that with the fact that my kids love being Jersey kids and, and living at the ocean and, you know, we, we live in a great community and, you know, my daughter's on softball teams now and all that fun stuff. I mean, it, it would be a hard move, you know, mm -hmm. um, it, it's just Monmouth is a great place. And as you get further in your career, you realize that those things matter a lot more than the recognition of the big this or the big that, right? When I was a young coach, all I wanted to do was be at a power five. Right. I came from a power five, power five is my life. I got to Arkansas and it was cool and I had a great coach, but I went back to Kent state after that because I realized it wasn't the perfect fit. And those kids at Kent state gave me this like feel and love of softball again and coaching in a way that I hadn't had. So it's just such a great fit. And my family loves it here. And, you know, we're, we're very fortunate to get supported and, you know, all this, I mean, I'm sitting on a podcast right now. I'm the first spring sport. I'm a softball coach. That's pretty cool, man. That doesn't happen a lot of places. I'll, I'll give you the 20 later. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I think it's a two-way street because we've been here long enough to work alongside a lot of different coaches and the access that you give to, to us and to the staff here and not even just people covering your team but people that support your team and, and people that you know get to know your student athletes you know I, I think that as much as what you say about Monmouth is true I think what Greg and I can see from our time here about the coaches is true so take it from your time as a student athlete kind of all the way through now. Um, and I'm actually curious about that. You know, you were such a great player. It's hard to go from great player to great coach, you know, and, and it, you don't see it in a lot of sports and being a multi-captain and all big, you know, big 10 at Penn state from there to coach and at the, all of those different stops. Is that how you always knew from then to now you'd want to run your program? And it was the kind of institution that you would ultimately see yourself at. Yeah. I mean, you know, Go back even further. My dad was a coach for 30 years, so I right. had a chance to watch him with his wrestling teams, his football teams, you name it. I mean, I was at a sporting event pretty much every Friday, Saturday night, right? And I, I just had, I had this great upbringing, as did my siblings, with all of these, you know, high school kids. Some He coached college a little bit as well. Just 
being around teams and that, that family that you instantly become, it, it just was part of my life. It's what I knew. When I got to Penn State, I felt that. You know, when I chose Penn State, I chose it for all the right reasons. It was a great education. I was part of the first class to ever be in the Big Ten. Before that, they were A-10. So we were part of the transition. You know, I always joke with my old coach. I'm like, oh, sure, you go to regionals the, the year I graduate. I get it, man. <laughs> um, you know, but we were, we were such important cogs to that wheel, right? And, and so it was a lot of fun. One of the things, though, at Penn State, it wasn't all that much different than my kids here. My kids here have a little chip, right? They, they, they're kids that are just off being those power five kids, and we're going to elevate them. And sometimes they end up in a better spot, I think. Um, at Penn State, I was the Ohio kid that back in the day, Ohio wasn't known for fast pitch. So I went to Penn State. I'm with all these Cali kids and all of these other, you know, girls from around the country. And I can remember them asking, can Ohio play softball? I said, well, you're about to find out. Let's show you. <laughs> um, you know, and, and I really had that chance. So I kind of had that chip on my shoulder in the Big Ten. And, and I think that's, that's part of how I coach. That's part of the kids I bring in is they're, they're like me, right? I get it. And, and that's been you know, there's a formula for everything. It's been that formula of figuring out who's, who's similar, who's going to work in our program. Because not everybody will. Some people will be like, oh, she's full of it. They're probably right. <laughs> but, you know, it's all good. <laughs> uh, last serious question for me. Um, <clears throat> the, the, the women's coaches and all the coaches in the department, but the women's coaches seem to be um, pretty close. Uh, and, and there's some, I mean, we've had a lot of longevity with the exception of Ginny. Uh, is that almost like a, I mean, fraternity is, I guess, sorority would be like the... the you the say club. Club. Yeah, let's go club. Man. So I didn't want to use either one of those, to be honest with you. Um, but is it... How close are the, are the other women's coaches in this department? And, and everybody kind of supports everybody. Obviously, you know, Coach Turner is out at everything. And, Car you know, Carly Figlio is out at everything. And, and Jordan tries to bring her, you know, her family to stuff. Um, is, there, is that just me fantasizing that, that it is that tight-knit or is it really that tight-knit no it's definitely that tight-knit I mean I share a suite with Chrissy and you want to you want to see a champion at work I mean that you know soccer is I mean usually recruits walk in and I'm like yeah don't look at all their trophies we've got these two here they're really nice <laughs> um you know I mean we've had a few more than that but you know we've got a long ways to catching up I I mean you know it, it's from the moment I got here, Chrissy just said, hey, if you need anything, right? And and Carly the same way. I mean, it's it's just really quality people, right? And that's why they stick around, and that's why they've had the success that they have, and that's why it's fun to be part of that success. For a long time, we were the ones trying to run to keep up, and now I feel like we're closer to belonging to the club, right? And, and so that's really nice. Um, but, you know, I think the women here are fantastic, but I will say – I've never worked somewhere where like men's basketball gives you a shout out, right? And and King is notorious. Kevin is notorious for, for shouting out the women coaches that are getting it done. And I, I think that's a huge thing. And I mean, like I said, I've done this a long time and I've worked at much bigger schools. And I mean, the, the basketball or football coach barely knew my name, let alone gave a shout out when my team had a big win. And that's what happens here. That's why it's different. You know, I mean, as, as coaches, we talk a lot of times, we tell recruits all the time that, a lot of people say family, but you got to make sure it's the kind of family you want to be a part of, right? <laughs> and this is the kind of family I want to be a part of. And I can attest to the fact that uh, I'll get a text message from Coach Callahan. Be like, oh, see that big whatever. Field hockey win? Yep. We should tweet something out about that. You want me to handle it? I'll be like, I'll, I'll take it, Coach. But then once in a while, he'll tweet it out, and I'll be like, yeah, no, good good job. So, yeah, no, it's it's legit from, from the men's side, too. I mean, it, everybody, that's, I think, why we've won so many Commissioner's Cups. Is because everybody wants to win and everybody supports everybody. 
Yeah, and it matters. And I know you guys have been here a long time. Uh, you know, seven is still, you know, pretty fresh, right? It's still new. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I mean, I spent nine years at Bowling Green. I, I spent, you know, years kind of popping around the country. And it's just not like that everywhere. And I can tell you, and not that there weren't great people. Sure, there were. But everybody was on a separate island. And they were just, you know, in the trenches doing their thing. And, you know, you walk up and down the hallway here and people are like, hey, good luck. Or, you know, hey, great job on X, Y, and Z. And that's what's different. And that's why Mammoth is special. And when recruits and kids and families come here, that's why they like it. Because they feel that. And if you can get it from the upper level, you're going to get it on the field. You're going to get it from the teams. And it's huge. We'll come back from a game, from doing a, you know, a softball broadcast. And inevitably, you know, you walk into the building here. You're busy, or you know, you're where I was. And the first person I see is is Kevin Callahan, and he'll know the result because he was watching, or he was out there, and he'll say, "Did they hang on?" You know, I was out there. It was five four. Did they? You know, it's like, yeah, no, yeah. they did. They did. So it, it really is remarkable to see. Um, but coach, to kind of build on something that Greg said at the very end, I want to, and and you detailed in your answer about your playing experience when you were a player. Now as a coach. Are there any rituals? Are there any superstitions you have? You know, athletics has been a part of your life for so long. Um, I would guess no, because knowing your personality is so like easygoing for someone who's uber competitive. Are there those superstitions, rituals that you have to get ready to compete? Oh man, I am superstitious. When I was in college, I used to um, take the same cereal. Like we stayed at all these fancy hotels and I would bust out like these lucky charms from home. And ask for milk. I mean, I, I'm bad. And my kids know. They know. So I have, you know, I always have a pen in my hair during the games because there's always a lineup move to happen. If you've watched our games at all, I use all 18. Um, so, you know, if, if we lose and it's ugly, that pen gets thrown away. If not, that pen comes with me until it doesn't write. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's you know, there, there are a lot of little things. It, it does fluctuate. It does depend on you know, kind of the season and where we're at. But yeah, we were just joking because Marissa said, do you have enough pens with you? She's like, you know, if game one doesn't go well, I know where it's going. I said, you're right. But, you know, it's, it's pretty simple. My kids sometimes try to say they're superstitious and Marissa just said, no, 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 you haven't seen coach. Right. You may think you are. Yeah. Well, we must have a lot of pens that are running out of ink because <laughs> there's a heck of a lot more wins than there are losses. <laughs> Between that, I, I think – let the listener now know a little bit more about you. You know, I, I feel like we've gotten to know you so well over the over the last seven years, but I think there's certain things that, that even they like to know. I know this is always the part that people, they catch me at like a basketball game or like, you know, at Brennan's and they're like, oh, I caught this part about, so I always think it's interesting. We're going to go a little differently. So in the rare moment where you're not recruiting and you're not coaching and, and you're not supporting another sport here at Monmouth and you're home and you're with your family, what are the the shows or movies that captivate the Salzburg household, whether it's, you know, something on Netflix, something that you're flicking around on TV. What and what are Canto? the Canto? I'm gonna oh, just throw yeah. that out there. Oh, is that already <laughs> well, we know? Yeah, it's if you there's a there's an age bracket. You're absolutely right. Yeah, my son <laughs> is running around singing the song and he only knows like two lines. So my daughter right now is ready to kill him. She's like, enough already. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a big one. My my daughter's really into high school musical the musical the series. Um, High school so, musical, the musical, yeah, the series. No, it's a thing. I'm going to join your guys' club in a few months, so I need to start taking notes here. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. Watch out, man. It's awesome. The same episodes over and over. And over and over. Yeah. Over. No, it's a lot of Disney. Uh, it's a, But it, it went from, you know, Power Rangers and all the things that were easy enough to now we're, 
we're uh, in the teeny bop stage. <laughs> Even though she's nine, she's like 85. Like she's so old, um, you know, and, and like I said, my son in Kantu, oh man, nonstop, <laughs> nonstop. Yeah. So thank goodness we have on demand and like sing Two, we rented that and we just keep renting it for like $24. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Why could've, not? Could have bought the theater. Yeah, out by we basically <laughs> should have. So, so we do that, but it's, it's a lot of, a lot of that or it's softball. Uh, it is fun. Right. And it's, and it's hit the age where sports really matter. Um, Brooksy's still six. So it's, he's still kind of, you know, in his own little space. Um, but Anna watched watched games with me last weekend, and it was a blast. I mean, she gets the game. I mean, she's grown up on the field, no doubt. But now she plays, and she's really into it, and and she loves our kids. And now she's talking about the others. And we watched North Carolina play last weekend, and she's like, you know, because she goes, you know, Mama, this is what we need to do. I said, you're right. Okay, yeah, you're right. We're gonna defend the bunt. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> you know, so it's 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 been really fun to watch her grow up, and and to watch them both grow up, and just uh, yeah. It's a lot of noise. Be ready for it. You know, one is fun. Two is a hundred. So just know that. <laughs> uh, this is one that, that I'm going to steal from a meeting that I was in a couple months ago. And I thought it was really good. And it could strike out if the person doesn't listen to music, but I'm going to guess that they do. He just punned, by the way. I did. Uh, I didn't he even do did that. I didn't right even there. do that on purpose. <laughs> I have no brain left. Uh, what is the best concert that you have attended? Oh, that's a great question. So this is this is old. This is going way back to actually Penn State days. I mean, that's how long ago. I saw Garth Brooks when he was running around doing his greatest hits five nights in a row because this is back maybe when there weren't as many rules and us athletes would get into the concerts for free um, <clears throat> slash sneak in. And um, I saw him five nights in a row and the energy that man had for like three hours every night was incredible. Now, it could have also been because he was in the training room with us, uh, you know, in between. So it was just cool to, like, hang out with him. But it was incredible. And I'm not a huge country person, but I've never seen any any man run around. Woman, doesn't matter, like that at a concert. Good, good guy. Like, he was he cool was awesome. to, to be in the training room and chat with the athletes. And... He was amazing. Took every picture you can imagine. Um, my roommate at the time was a starting point guard on the, the women's basketball team. And he and his bandmates actually scrimmaged against him. And I said, you didn't really <laughs> go hard against Garth Brooks, right? <laughs> like, you can't do that, man. But she said, no, nah, I threw an elbow. So I guess she did. <laughs> that's why we were friends. Right. <laughs> Garth Brooks can't perform tonight because he has a broken yeah, larynx. Fine. Yeah, right. he worked out. His career was fine. He's fine. <laughs> well, that's awesome. That is awesome. That 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 is so cool. And, you know, Coach, we, we appreciate, we know that, you know, you're about to jump on a flight. And we know that the season starts so soon now. But we appreciate just the time and look forward to covering your team again here this spring. It, it really is one of the most fun experiences we get throughout the academic year to go out hopefully get there nice and early and just see all the fun that takes place. So we appreciate you joining us here and look forward to another great season. All right. Well, I appreciate it guys. Thanks so much. I feel like this was for me. This is my story. Yeah. Uh, the porch. Uh, I got a porch. I'm take it back. I'm on a block with the killers and holding my own. Of course. Yeah. Great time catching up with Shannon Salzberg. Appreciate her for coming in and, and her availability, you know, they start the season this you know, this weekend and, and they're back on the field. And, you know, Greg, you can feel coaches' energy and enthusiasm every day, whether you see her in the office, whether you see her in the weight room or even just in the parking lot. You know, it doesn't matter kind of what's going on. Shannon Salzberg is always going to have a, just a great just demeanor and vibe to her. Um, and I know we get to experience that every day. Yeah, and she's, she's so even-keeled and... and 
you get that same energy every single day. And she's just awesome. Just a great fit to our department. And, uh, you know, quite frankly, it took us a little bit of time to kind of get that piece in place. And seven years ago, Dr. McNeil found it. And, uh, you know, you heard, you heard her talk about what a special place Monmouth is, and she's just done an, an outstanding job and, and a great fit and a, uh, a great coach and all the success. And you just, you, it's somebody who's very, very easy to root for. And that's one of the great things we get to do throughout the spring. You know, the, these, especially softball and baseball, they go away for just weeks on end early on in the year because they have to go down south and play these games. But then when they come back and, you know, the middle to end of March and we get to, you know, kind of catch up with them again, it's great to see all of the experiences, the the lessons, the early season schedules that they have to play. It all adds up to what we've seen, right? Some really successful springs here in West Long Branch. But she mentioned it, and you and I were, were talking about it, getting ready for this. Just quite the schedule that's out in front of this team to then come home and get ready to defend a MAC regular season championship, looking to get back to an NCAA regional. Yeah, definitely. And and, and a lot of our uh, coaches take that approach. You play above your level in quotes in your non-conference. So when you come home and, and now you've seen better hitters, you've seen faster pitchers, and um, it's just a, it's it's a formula that a lot of our coaches follow, and and it makes it fun in the non-conference because you're not just playing, you know, you're playing in quote unquote power five teams, and and we're competitive against power five teams, and when Coach E Hall plays a three game series against, uh, you know, a Virginia, and and you know might squeak squeak a win out or at least keep it close and kind of sets the tone and the temperature for the team for the rest of the rest of the year. So we're going to have our eyes peeled on, on this, this weekend's games for coach Salzburg. Coach Salzburg at it this weekend down in Florida. Like we, you just mentioned baseball going to get rolling next weekend. Uh, the Springs upon us. This is that time of year when you hear people in the business refer to crossover season. It's when in the fall football and soccer and basketball hit. And now the spring is kind of an underrated crossover season because you're going from basketball, which obviously in all of these campuses is so important, to not just one or two spring sports, but a, a bevy of spring sports. We'll have it all covered here on Hawk Talk and MammothHawks.com. But I know this is a time of year that is uh, extra busy, extra stressful. Yeah, definitely. Like like you said, crossover season. So uh People spending a lot of time at at their jobs in athletic administration. You know, the the athletic trainers, everybody from from ticketing to to everybody in this building. So, um, be kind to your athletic administrator. They are not seeing their family as much as they'd like, and they're working hard to make sure that uh, that your favorite Hawk teams are, are being successful. It was a pleasure talking to Shannon Salzberg. Make sure that you follow her softball program all season long, MammothHawks.com. Also make sure, whether it's you or anyone that you know, subscribe, rate, review, listen to Hawk Talk. You'll get these episodes pushed right to you however you get podcasts for our head softball coach Shannon Salzberg and Greg and myself. Uh, it's a pleasure to obviously be able to bring these conversations to you. Make sure you don't miss any of our previous ones. And as always, we're looking forward to the next one. Thanks for listening to Hawk Talk. production of the Monmouth Digital Network. Hawk Talk is available on all major podcast distribution sites, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, Pandora, and more. All rights reserved. Hey.